0: We turn to uh, a reading you'll definitely expect on Easter day, and it's a resurrection account. This, the account we're reading today is the one from Luke's gospel. Listen for God's word as this beautiful scripture fills the place. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles, but these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Perhaps more profoundly than on any other Sunday, O God, we pray this prayer today with these words Startle us. Startle us with your incredible truth. Startle us with your everlasting love. Startle us with the events of this Easter day. Startle us with the risen Christ. Amen. I recently ran across an old story, a short little tale about, that tries to get at the meaning of Easter as many little tales do. And in this one, a young man is walking up the road and passes by a church, and out in front of the church, there's a sign that says, Good Friday. And he always, or actually never understood that particular title for a day, and knew the story, so he went in and asked the priest, or talked to the priest. He said, Let me get this straight. So God became one of us, and we killed him. That's right, said the priest. So the Lord dies, and the curtain of the temple is torn apart, and there's a big earthquake and all that, and that's right. The priest said again, so what's good about that? And the priest leaned back with a big smile on his face and said, the curtain call. The point of the story, obviously, is to get us thinking about Easter as Christ's great curtain call the problem with it is that it it doesn't quite capture the whole of it i mean it it points kind of in the general direction that something more has happened here and and there's something more to this this story than what we first read and and all of that it it kind of points at the general direction but it but it doesn't quite suffice i mean it just just doesn't do it it can't get at that full meaning of resurrection i mean resurrection is so much bigger than that how do we explain it how do we talk about something like that like resur- in a world where death seems to have the last word all the time. How do we even begin to talk about resurrection in such a way that it will actually make some sense and actually explain it at some level? How do we do it? How do we explain the most baffling day on record? How? Well, one, thing to, one way to look at it or go about it is to say, well, let's go back to the people who wrote about it in the very first place the first ones to write about the thing. Let's go to them. Let's go to the gospels, you know, there're four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let's go. Let's look at what they have to say about it. And when you do, you find something quite interesting. They don't have any explanations whatsoever. They avoid explaining completely They just stay away from it. They don't even try. What you do get is as many stories as they can muster about accounts of the encounters with the risen Christ after the event itself. But as far as the resurrection event goes, no explanation, nada, zippo, nothing. And even when they are trying to pull this whole thing together, what we get is just kind of a smattering of different facts and things in all different order, and all we really have that they can agree upon is an empty tomb. That's it. That's all we've got, an empty tomb. That's all. They all have the empty tomb. I mean they all have women going to the tomb early in the morning or, or something like that, but you know, one of them has only only Mary Magdalene, some have two, some Luke, it feels like has every female alive at the time venture into the thing. I mean, he's just, it's just, you know, and they all it's just different. It's not the same. And when they get there, all kinds of different things happen. In Matthew. They find an angel sitting on top of the stone that's already been rolled away. I guess he's gotten tired from doing all that work all night. He's hanging out, you know, resting. And there they find this angel. The other gospels have not angels, at least not that's not the word they use. They call them just individuals, two men or one guy or In white, And they're all inside the tomb. John really pulls a fast one on them. I mean, he makes them go into the tomb first. And then he sneaks two guys in white up behind them to tap them on the shoulder. I mean, where's the last place you want to be tapped on the shoulder like that? (laughs) But that's the way John tells it, right? It's it's his story. It's the way he tells it. Matthew and John even have an encounter with the risen Christ either at the tomb or directly on the way home in addition to everything else. In Luke, as we just read, the women go home and they tell them about everything they would just seen and all the, the disciples think they've gone loopy. And so they send Peter there to verify the whole thing to make sure it's actually true. In John, everyone, it seems, has to go at least more than once, at least twice, to see for themselves. And it's somewhere along the way, in different ways, they all have some tangible experience of the thing that we are talking about that we can't explain whatsoever. Mark is the most different, my favorite, the most different in Mark. The women run from the tomb so afraid that they say nothing. They don't say anything to anyone ever it seems. What's happening? What's going on? Why? Why so different? Why can't they explain the thing? Well before we get on the gospel writers too much about not being able to sit down at a table and, you know, get the story straight for crying out loud. I mean, they were written at different times and all of that, but, you know, before we get on them too much, if we really think about it, the more we think about it, it actually makes sense. After all, you pull five eyewitnesses together from something traumatic that j- just happened, and what are you going to get? You'll get, you know, maybe one or two things that are the same and everything else is different. But they're all the facts are in there. They're just jumbled and all messed up and completely all, all messed up. All. That's what happens when we're in a state of shock. We remember maybe one big, we remember the thing itself, but as far as the rest of it, it really doesn't matter. It's not our priority is to get all the little bitty facts and intricacies all right in the right row and all of that. And So what bugs us in reading that is actually quite natural and speaks to the power of this baffling experience called resurrection. They stay away from it. They don't explain it. They just tell what they know, and so what have we been doing ever since we've been trying to explain it for them Christians and non-christians alike we've all got a hat you know we've all got a piece in the game right all of us you know whether you think it actually happened or you're trying to debunk it some say that Jesus actually didn't die he just kind of fainted for a while you know or or he went into some kind of drug-induced coma and, and the cool of the tomb is what brought him out of it, right? That's, that's one thing out there somewhere. Others which has been the long, even back to, to the days of, of, the, of scriptures have some glimmer of this that say the disciples made the whole thing up just to save face, right? Makes for great conversation just kind of talking about it and Christians through the years have added our own images and and metaphors that try to get at understanding what resurrection really means or looks like, you know. We uh, we come up with all kinds of stuff, like caterpillars transforming into butterflies is one. Sp- flowers blooming in the spring, right? Easter eggs, little little bunnies and baby chicks. And we have big gatherings with... Easter egg hunts like we did yesterday although it really wasn't a hunt just more mayhem than anything else. <laughs> and, and it's great. It's, it's, it's great. We should do that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with trying to re recreate the energy that is like resurrection. Nothing wrong. I have fond memories of my childhood growing up, as all of us do, right? One of mine is this thing about my grandfather. He loved chocolate. So if I did not protect my chocolate bunny, if I did not build a fortress around it, he would sneak in in the middle of the night and eat some of it. I didn't like it then, but now it's one of my favorite memories (laughs) but as much as we want them to as much as we try as much as we put energy into all that stuff they never quite compare they can never quite explain it when it comes to resurrection there is no explanation fortunately It doesn't need it. In fact, resurrection is not really about our ability to explain it or understand it. It's not about explanation. It's about belief. I know you can't explain it. But do you believe it? Do you live it? I'm reminded of something Eugene Peterson once wrote about the church. He said, the church is an appointed group of people who practice a life of resurrection in a world where death makes the biggest headlines. Easter people are people who practice a life of resurrection in a world where death makes the biggest headlines. Isn't that true? Preacher John Buchanan puts it a different way. He says, Easter doesn't just present us with something to stand in front of and be baffled at. Easter presents us with an open door into a whole new reality and a new world and then invites us to walk through that door. In other words, we're not supposed to just stand in front of an empty tomb with our jaws on the floor singing our hallelujahs. We're supposed to get out into the world and live the resurrection. We are supposed to follow Christ into the world and be Easter people. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do it without fear, regardless of what the world throws at us. And that's the thing. That's the trick, isn't it? That's actually the challenge. Because the world is... Not always safe, is it? The bombing in Brussels is all it takes to remind us of that one. And Easter shows us not that we're protected from danger and trouble and wrongdoing and illness. And No, we will experience those things. What Easter shows us is a God who continues to be with us through those things. A God who is continuing to be with us even in death and beyond death. A God who shows us quite clearly that death is not what we once thought it was. We're called to walk through that door... As Brian McLaren puts it, Easter shows us that with one voice we can stand tall and proclaim the Easter promise that death is not the final word, hatred is not the final word, failure is not the final word. Betrayal is not the final word. Money is not the final word. Political power is not the final word. Terrorism is not the final word. No, all those things sit like rags in an empty tomb. And even though we can't explain it, don't even understand it, we know by our belief that we can say it, that early in the morning on the first day of the week they went to the tomb expecting to find Jesus there exactly as they would laid him there two days before and they found something different. He's not here, they were told. He's risen, they heard. Some ran away and didn't say another thing. Some got so confused they didn't know what to do. Others had to go back time and again just to see it and make sure and yet some believed. Beyond their ability to explain it or understand it at all some believed. Some still do. The most baffling day on record the day it is so as you live my thought to you is to take those you love and hold them close hold them close as we walk through that easter door into a brave new world where christ is alive Happy Easter. Amen.